सो फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल थैंक यू सो मच मिशेल फॉर ज्वाइनिंग अस टुडे ऑन नोमैट पॉडकास्ट एंड दिस इज प्रोबली द फर्स्ट एपिसोड दैट वी विल गो लाइव एंड टेकिंग द सब्जेक्ट ऑफ एडुकेशन एंड टेक्नोलॉजी इज ऑन वन साइड इज वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग ऑन अनादर साइड देर इज अ लॉट ऑफ कॉन्ट्रोवर्सी टू इट बट विल कम टू दैट लेटर टेक्नोलॉजी एडुकेशन टैमरेंट्री स्कूल बट बिफोर दैट आई जस्ट वॉन्ट टू अंडरस्टैंड फ्रॉम वेर एज एन इंडिविजुअल यू आर कमिंग फ्राम बिकॉज आई नो यू यू आर अ सिटी पर्सन यू आर कमिंग फ्राम मुंबई बट यू स्टार्टेड अ स्कूल इन धानु विच इज़ अ काइंड ऑफ अ ट्राइबल एरिया वेरी फार फ्राम द सिटी सो कैन यू गिव मी सम काइंड ऑफ अ पिक्चर सम काइंड ऑफ अ स्टोरी ऑफ योर लाइफ which will give me and also the audience the idea from where you were coming thanks for inviting me to the show uh, i'm essentially from mumbai uh, but always uh, wanted to pursue something more meaningful uh, work for uh, social justice and equity issues and uh, one of the uh, sort of drawing you sort of things that appealed uh, to me and uh, my partner hemant is that we should leave mumbai and you know try and build a life uh, in a rural area uh, do some farming we were very attracted by the idea of world living on land and uh, then see whether we can contribute to rural society in any way and that is the the beginning of our journey in some ways uh, in um, social justice equity and eventually slowly through in education technology is something that we were into uh, even before moving to dhanu uh, particularly hemant who has been follow you know an, uh, an open source enthusiast uh, opposing the proprietary control of technology and knowledge way before so when we moved to dhanu and education became something that we did uh, it obviously occurred to us that we have to do it in op- using open source technologies uh, but yeah that's a journey in a nutshell and uh, if you can be little more specific about what kind of profession were you before you moved to dhanu yeah so i've always uh, i was an environmental activist for uh, quite a long time uh, in fact working in dhanu opposing a port and my own background is in social sciences and social work so whether it's working with children on child labor or environment even prior to dhanu uh, you know i was involved in that kind of work so was there a kind of realization which which made you leave your work leave your city where you got brought up and then go to dhanu yeah i think you know the cities sometimes uh, are limiting uh, in your ability to have some sort of creative expression uh, rural areas opened a whole new uh, you know avenue for us in terms of what is the kind of life what is the kind of community how do you farm how do you live on land how do you integrate with rural society so it just seemed like a calling like a more you know going towards a more meaningful life uh, and at that time you know this is more than 20 years ago so you're young you uh, you know the the alienation of the city uh, the lack of connection with community the abil- not the you know the limited ability to do con- sort of community work uh, was i think what just drew us you know so but yeah it's been 20 years and rural areas are, are very challenging it's not been romantic but they can also be very creative and satisfying uh, if you are uh, you know wanting that kind of life so before you got settled in dhanu i just want to understand ki how you selected dhanu i mean there are so many places all around and a konkan bhi hai navi mumbai is also there so there are so many similar kind of a place are there aapne dhanu hi kyun select kiya 
So Dhanu is a very interesting uh, sociological landscape. There are uh, tribals and you, as you know, the indigenous communities are far more open and progressive in accepting other people. There's also a huge uh, Irani, Parsi, Persian community in Dhanu that has uh, been doing chikku farming and in that sense has, uh, you know, made the area a bit cosmopolitan. And of course, a lot of sprinkling of uh, Gujaratis, Marwaris, Maharashtrians. So it had a very good uh, combination of a lot of different kind of communities communities different kind of background and all of these communities were also very open minded to having outsiders settle in unlike some areas in rural uh, india where you need to be from there it needs to be a native or you need to be from the same caste dhanu just seemed far more progressive in that sense so did you traveled a lot before settling down in dhanu so basically the land was purchased by hemant who is my partner and he picked up and he traveled from gujarat to goa Uh, but really liked the vibe and the feel of uh, dhanu and the obviously the understanding that there is a high chance that you will be able to integrate into the society uh, and be accepted because i think that is very important in rural areas and at what point of a time like in your life there was this introduction of technology was it before you shifted to dhanu or was technology was there in your life like the digital technology i'm talking yeah, about yeah i think digital technology has been in our lives even 20 years ago the internet was you know had come to india we were all excited and as i said people like hemant were following the technology debate themselves tinkering around setting up softwares downloading being very alert about the open source movement so we've already had a background in technology before coming to dhanu and always looking at it as an opportunity to do things learn more things and use it for the community Uh, rather than um, you know the for the profit making okay so so then you moved to dhanu and now you were settling down so it was 20 years back but the school is like 10 years old yes the school is 10 years old we started the school in 2010 prior to 2010 we uh, given that we were in the village the zila parishad school is a like uh, you know 5 600 meters from where we are so we would frequent that school try to understand what are the challenges we also experimented with trying to work with them you know telling them that the syllabus is outdated this is the kind of thing you should have encouraging some technology there and so on but we found it very very difficult to actually change the system and we realized that if we want to do something in education it's best we start off on our own our motivation was also that we had two young children of our own and we had to educate them and we uh, did not see the formal regular schools there are plenty of schools in dhanu it's not a bad thing but they are regular conventional schools and after having pursued an alternative life we were not very sure whether we want to school them in a typical you know 55 children in a class rote learning and all of that so we decided let's experiment and see whether uh, a small school where our children could go and we could open it up to all the local adivasi children would work so we started in 2010 so how did it started i mean did you went to all the individual houses did you talk to their parents ki hum log ek school shuru kar rahe hain kya aap apne bachcho ko bhejoge how it started uh, firstly we were not more so worried about getting children because as you know in village in a village there are enough children we were worried about what we are going to do with them the question was that what we have seen or what uh, schools we ourselves have attended have not really worked we have uh, been made to memorize we have been able to give exams we have only been after marks and you know you finish 10 years 12 years probably 3 years of graduation or some professional course and you come out and you are not really equipped or skilled 
particularly in these times now that was true for us and it's true for adivasi children so more than trying to get children to the school we were worried about what we are going to do so we started operating by saying that we know what we are not going to do we definitely are not going to make it a very dull kind of you know rote learning syllabus driven textbook uh, you know write read the textbook write down memorize those kind of things we didn't want we also seeing the zila parishad schools particularly there is a lot of dullness a lot of hierarchy a lot of uh, prejudice against adivasi children and we realized one of the reasons the school is not working for them because they are just not treated equally so our school should be a space where in terms of syllabus and all there is more creative learning there's no rote learning but in terms of attitude to the children how we deal with them what we are how we talk to them there should be a lot of equality and the school should be a space for community development not just to learn a b c d or so on so forth but the school should make the child confident should make him get out to whatever extent of his or her background so equity uh, not following the traditional systems uh bringing a lot of uh, openness and uh, you know oh, freedom for the tribal child because we felt the zila parishad so schools are very dulling was what we thought we spoke to the sarpanch and we said look this is our idea we wanted to start at kindergarten like pre primary so that we catch them young and if you want to send the children you can send we also decided not to be completely free we would charge a small fee of like 200 rupees to start with because uh, we believe that uh, even a rural community like of tribals can pay a small contribution and the last thing which can be contentious and has been uh, we decided we will do an english uh, the language should be multilingual but eventually the child should be sort of gradually taken from his mother tongue wildly to learning in english as she when she grows up Uh, in pre-primary, it's fine to have mother tongue, but as we grow up, slowly, slowly, the formal learning should then finally be in English, because we thought the world is changing. A lot of new technology, scientific discoveries, knowledge is being pushed and developed in the language, in English language. Their mother tongue uh, has only about three hundred to four hundred words in the vocabulary. So, if you are equipping this child with a global perspective, or you want them to have access to the whole world, then isn't it fair that they learn the language of the world? however hegemonic or problematic english has been and we also believe they are not going to forget their mother tongue that is very much part of their culture and life so we are not erasing it but we are adding something that could benefit and bring equity into their lives hmm to ek ek curiosity mere andar aaya jab main suna ki you had a chat with the zila parishad school what was their reaction when you when you said ki you know hum log kuch bachcho ko utha ke एक नए स्कूल में लेके जाए वट वॉज द रियर वॉज वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग एक्चुअली बिकॉज वी सेट दैट वी आर गोइंग टू चार्ज सो दे सेट दैट हम लोग यहाँ पे फ्री में बैठे हुए हैं पैसे के बगैर भी आदिवासी अपने बच्चे को भेजते नहीं है तो आपके यहाँ कैसे भेजेंगे नाउ दिस इज द मिसकनसेप्शन दैट पीपल हैव अबाउट रूरल एरियाज दैट पुअर पीपल और आदिवासीज और वॉट एवर आर नॉट अंडरस्टैंडिंग द वैल्यू ऑफ एजुकेशन एंड नॉट सेंडिंग द चिल्ड्रेन दे आर ड्रॉपिंग आउट दे आर गोइंग टू वर्क एंड सो ऑन बट द थिंग इज अदर आदिवासी पेरेंट रियलाइज दैट there is no quality education in the zila parishad school the child is just going sometimes they get a meal and there is no learning so we many people told us ki aap paise se aapke paas koi aayega nahi but we said no we will charge 200 rupees is a very small contribution if one or two people work in the family they would at least earn 5 7000 rupees per person per month so 200 on one child is not a big deal and we informed the sarpanch and spread the word 
word of mouth and just put up a banner and we had six children on day one which were from the local uh, hamlet and over a period of one year we reached 90 without really you know doing anything or saying anything and uh, after some time we had to kind of you know uh, say no that we didn't we don't have the capacity to manage because of the kind of learning we were doing so it's a misnomer to think that uh, poor people or uh, Adivasi people or marginalized people do not know the value of education. They will pay for a service when they see the quality of the service. Very true. Now, from three, how many? From six, we went to 90. From yeah. six, we went to, yeah. naturally, there, there you need a kind of a uh, teaching staff or team to, you know, inko padhane ke liye. So what happened to that from that much to 90 suddenly yeah so it was all very good <coughs> to get the children but the key as you understand in education on a school is the human resources behind the the effort you need good quality teachers you need motivating inspiring teachers and now we are in a remote village though we are only 120 kilometers from mumbai it's still remote and there are not much services and facilities of course things like internet were a challenge and so on so we were one of the biggest problems that we started facing is how do we get good quality teachers you have all these philosophical ideas open learning activity based learning you know field experience experiential learning and so on but who and how are you going to implement this philosophy so we started realizing that there needs to be something more that we have to give to the child otherwise we will not be fair and one of the i mean in 2010 technology was obviously there things were booming we looked at what's happening globally and we found that there's a lot of interesting work in the open education movement globally where they are saying that every child has a right to a high quality education irrespective of their economic status, background and so on. And the open education movement is um, a very powerful movement because it releases technology, softwares, applications into the open source domain, public domain, mostly 99% free of cost and tells people, consumers, students, teachers to use these products freely. So a small school like ours with challenges of electricity, internet, with all these ideas, we still thought that technology would be the way we can bring the whole world to the Wadli child rather than depending on human resources and struggling and so on. So our first foray into technology was that we decided to pick up a few laptops. Now we were one of those villages in the last mile connectivity without last mile connectivity. So one is that we started having laptops and using local servers where we could install things on a local server where the children are clicking and accessing a local server hosted on the campus. That was how we started our journey. We picked up a few laptops and we started installing open source tools like there are a lot of games in maths and science and so on. These, as I told you, are developed uh, by open source programmers all over the world and just released in the public domain. So the other aspect that emerged that we would maintain and be part of the global open source movement, all our machines would be with using only tools like Linux and all other open source softwares. That was a philosophical commitment that we made in 2010. And obviously over time we would try to provide as much to the child through technology. Now, in 2010, most people looked at technology in a very, very averse uh, manner. This was 10 years before pandemic, uh, schooling, uh, plus we are working with marginalized children and so on. So we were accused of using too much technology. And we would like to ask the public, you know, what is technology at the end of the day? Your blackboard was an invention in the school. Without a blackboard, there was no way to teach. The printing press through which knowledge became publicly accessible 
democratize the way knowledge is a technology a pen is a technology it's just that in the last several years the digital technologies have escalated or moved in such a fast pace that the society is scared but even when the television came there were fears that you know this is going to devastate our society socially culturally and so on so no one is saying that there is no problem with technology there is definitely a problem with technology but please look at a young poor deprived marginalized child who has been intergenerationally deprived from three generations of a good quality education of a good meal of you know a proper a proper material infrastructure and so on what are the choices we have and is it not his or her right to access information knowledge and good teachers as much as it is our children's so we have to look at technology from a rights based debate also uh yes there is you know ill effects of the technology but we started using it at a time in 2010 and most of the time we have questions like is the are you is the child not spending too much time on the screen aankh ke liye kharab hai and so on which are i think uh, completely off uh you know just not justified arguments we are all on our phones and our laptops the whole day ourselves as working professionals and uh, there is a fear and we wanted to dispel that fear in the last 10 years we wanted to show how technology can be an equalizer how it can provide opportunity how it can provide better education than uh, probably a set of local teachers could and that was our journey in saying that um, this is the reason why technology should be used okay so 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 going a little bit back you got uh, some laptops and uh, with that the the students started learning now two things i just want to understand ki how uh, the students like for example jab aap unko laptop dete ho bolte ho ki iske through hoga to initial exchange of thoughts ya struggle kya tha and also unke parents ke ki क्या उनको पता था कि लैपटॉप के थ्रू पढ़ाई होने वाला है क्या उनका फीडबैक कैसा था वो इनिशियल थोड़ा सा अगर आप बता सकते हैं या या सो इन द इनिशियल टाइम्स वी स्पेंड अ लॉट ऑफ टाइम ओरिएंटिंग पेरेंट्स सेइंग दैट सी वीव हैड नो टेक्स्ट बुक्स फॉर द लास्ट टेन इयर्स सो फर्स्ट वी हैव टू टेल पेरेंट्स दैट दिस इज अ प्लेस विदाउट टेक्स्ट बुक्स प्लीज डोंट वरी दैट डज इन मीन दे आर नॉट लर्निंग second is we have told the parents we are charging you a very small fee the time of purchasing a computer or a digital device in those days the phone was not as much but a laptop is very important and they have understood the value thirdly getting children to use technology is no rocket science we can all see today every child has a mobile phone the the way they use it in those days we did some we did spend some time teaching the mouse and you know they are four and five and maybe they don't have a mouse at home keyboard and so on but that takes precisely like one week 10 days and the child is picked up and you know uh, uh, moving on their own the tribal parents uh, because they are on the very very sort of lowest rung of the society trusted us uh, to say that fine we also had did, have done nothing with textbooks so let us see what you have to say many of the parents started investing in laptops for their children at home and we would install all the softwares you know the ubuntu and the games and so on the os and they would continue doing at home so the partnership was uh, it i mean the parents were convinced to whatever extent that in terms of you know the limited knowledge they have so there was no problem on that front there still is none okay that means it was it was good i mean what i can say is that technology i mean digital technology in your school tablet entry it it uh, it didn't came all of a sudden it came because there were issues and you were trying to solve the problem and this was the best 
suitable solution that you got agreed i mean say for, for say we were in an area where you have some fantastic inspiring individuals and they are all willing to teach you then that's fine but i think uh there is almost no area left like that the other thing is that the kind of ways and means in which you can learn using technology today is far beyond a bunch of individuals so you are feeling that if all if this is already there and it's accessible why not we make it accessible to the most deserving and the most needy so our journey started with a few laptops and some installed software a local server but our struggle was for electricity and good quality internet so over the last 10 years we have managed to put our whole school on solar and we have uh, a 5 kva system so all the machines um and all the you know the digital devices all run on solar so that's absolutely fine and we spend a huge amount of effort trying to get high speed internet on our campus so these were the big two big challenges both of which are actually almost you can consider them as basic rights uh, in electricity and internet you know data today so over the last you know from 2010 to 15 was a struggle after 15 we were able to get fiber optic cables laid uh, we were able to but of course through private players government is just not supporting there is a big plan of the government to provide high speed internet connectivity to all gram panchayats but that has not yet happened it didn't even happen during covid pandemic so we've had to sort of rely on ourselves and our means resources included private player support and uh, you, you know get internet once we got internet the game further technologically changed for us so we were able to use a learning management system called moodle which we had as a local server on our campus we were able to make it cloud based and have uh, all our content put so it's basically it's a lms where you can put grade wise or course wise content in terms of your videos your lesson plans your assessments your quizzes and children access this and learn and this helped us fundamentally change the way education is done because we didn't have to have a classroom model again we said that this hierarchical model you put 30 children in a class the, the teacher standing at the front of the blackboard we didn't want to do that right at the beginning and these ideas we were able to fulfill because of technology so now what happens in our class typically from say 2015 onwards is that children come and log into their devices the teacher has become a facilitator or a digital mentor and children are following their self learning journey learning path on their own so in a classroom you could have a class 5 student and a class 6 student sitting next to each other doing their own thing and the teachers are looking at the back end checking the quizzes checking how they are doing and then having one on one meetings because we are saying group learning is valid but it's limited when you are you know you're you're running after hard score skills like maths or science or english the individual is really on their own so if you have interesting if you want to break the way technology education has been done if you are accepting that today's education system and how it has been practiced is wrong in the way it treats the child in the way it's syllabus driven in the way it's not practical is not relevant and the teacher is unnecessarily put on a pedestal then technology can help you fulfill these ideas so first it started with a limitation of human resources afterwards we said that okay these are our ideas but how do we implement them we really think a classroom is a problem we really think putting uh, you know making a teacher a guru is a problem the teacher is just one more facilitator in your life you now have so many more so technology helped us fulfill those ideas technology helped us tell the child if you're a self motivated learner today the world is at your doorstep you don't even need a school to learn right but now that you're in a setup so 
how the the problem that one of the resistance to technology is people don't want to change the way education is being done today they want to continue with the books and the grading and uh, have an over emphasis on the importance of the teacher over emphasis on the importance of the tool which is a textbook we are saying children are learning through video games like minecraft we are encouraging children to play video games we are encouraging children to say you want to learn something figure it out yourself on the net because it's the it's the time of self learning so technology helped us do that which i think is important uh, to understand also coming back to the time say for example you figured out ki okay this is how we are going to deliver the knowledge then there was a necessary uh, a part where you have to decide ki kaun sa syllabus follow karna hai and naturally because even not following a pedagogy जो हमारे इंडिया में एग्जिस्ट करता है मतलब देर वॉज नो पाथ विच यू आर फॉलोइंग इन दिस पर्टिकुलर एक्सपेरिमेंट तो नेचुरली वट यू आर डूइंग दैट वॉज फॉर द फर्स्ट टाइम योर ओन एक्सपेरिमेंट सो देर आर चांसेस ऑफ फेलियर एंड ऑल दो थिंग्स तो नाउ अब जब लैपटॉप लग गए अब जब ये पता चल गया कि ओके दिस इज हाउ यू गोइंग टू डिलीवर द नॉलेज वट वॉज योर टेक ऑन सिलेक्टिंग द बोर्ड द सिलेबस हाउ यू वेंट इन दैट लाइन yeah so this is an important question also just to first put on the table is that we are a government recognized school we may be doing whatever we like behind our doors but we had taken formal government permission from class 1 to class 8 from maharashtra government now when you are running class 1 to class 8 there is no pressure on you to follow any particular board the board exam happens only in the 10th so what we have done from class 1 to class 8 we have taken the mother of all syllabuses which is the ncert syllabus Uh, written and drafted in delhi based on which all your state curriculums are developed like the sse or wherever you go and we follow that till the 8th we are in the process of getting our 9th and 10th permission parental aspirations is for a typical sse like a state board so we are pursuing that but in the meantime we also ask children to give the national institute of open schooling exam so that they are at par with children once they cross the 10 so they are with us till the 8 the 9th and 10th basically we coach them for the nios exam so that they can enter or take admission in regular colleges so to understand now the balance between the facilitator mentor and the system the technology the computer the laptop how it is maintained or how it has been designed can you talk on that So basically we have like a monthly rotation system where each facilitator is given 10 to 12 children per month. Uh and please understand that we are only talking about like 1 to 8 like 6 years to 14 years. So the in terms of the content it's not very complex content. The maths is not so tough. 7th 8th okay it gets little up the science is basic. So we are saying that every mentor should be able to look after the children's needs for all subjects. They shouldn't necessarily be science mentor maths mentor and so on. That is our aim. Sometimes we get individuals capable of that. Sometimes we have to say okay you can do only English and social sciences and someone more uh, with a better aptitude for science and maths. So the mentor looks after 10 children's performance 10 to 12 children's performance over the month there are detailed uh, data assessments sheets where we've coded codified all the kind of competencies that we want in the sense you know right from english like should be able to read a paragraph should be able to read two sentences should be able to speak or science should be able to uh, identify between the states of matter like each of those things has been codified and the facilitator fills those sheets so for anyone we can look at what is the level of the child at any given point of time and there's a rotation we don't necessarily think that there has to be um 
a time where there is uh, the the, uh, the time has to be divided between the child on the laptop and the child with the mentor it really depends on the child some people are fast learners they are good on the machine they don't need hand holding they are able to do maths on khan academy and move unit to unit unit to unit without assistance then there are some children who are slow who are uh, sometimes uh, genuinely slow sometimes just you know mischievous or maybe distracted and so on then they need a little bit of pushing so the mentor is in a in a position to judge and decide how much should i intervene in this child's learning process should i be there all the time should i you know question and so on so those are the kind of flexible ways of course our numbers are small so we are able to do this is like a small family we have you know 10 15 children per class so we are able to cater to them individually but that's what we feel is what they require and you also said that you have individual students kind of agar main popular language mein bolu ki analytics of individual students how they are performing day to day wise yes so do you think that uh, you know uh, taking the help of this kind of technology it gives you a better in depth idea of a child's learning process yes definitely i mean th- there is data and data out there however without your in depth understanding of that data and also questioning of it and how you use it there is no point of the data because all systems generate data today but how do we use that data what do we interpret from it and how are we using it to sort of grow but definitely it's a huge component I mean, if I am not in Dhanu, or you know, uh, there is an external evaluator who would like to see that on this kind of science quiz, how has the class performed? Then they can just go to the back end of our LMS, look at each and every child's response in like hardly ten to fifteen minutes. You can see an average score of the school, you can of the class. You can see each child's performance. You can review. You can so there's a lot more. Uh, a possibility of contribution from people who are not physically necessarily there this is what happened right during the pandemic that you can be learning from teachers we are saying you can be assessed by someone else you can be taught by someone else so this is the kind of barriers that technology has broken space barrier geography barrier time barrier you can show you know 2020 data today to somebody else you the child can take a class uh from a volunteer or a, which is what we did in the pandemic we had a lot of volunteers taking online classes they were sitting anywhere in the world and children were in their remote locations at home so technology through its data through its can break these kind of barriers which have been very very limiting and for a small school like ours what more can we ask for like we have all the uh, sort of you know what uh, the modern uh, systems the tools which the child should have access to and of course for us in our case it's open source so in case of open source how much help you got from the like creating the you said you were following the ncert syllabus uh, so what kind of a help you have got in creating the digital syllabus or the whatever is the content education content what kind of a help you have got from the open source no so the open source movement is releasing the technology in the public domain uh, mostly as i said it's free uh, it's licensed under open you know gnu licenses where you can use all of this you have to pay for server charges and also in that sense that's been a huge contribution to the kind of cost cutting and affordability for small schools like ours then when it comes to content there's a lot of open source content available through creative commons through uh, platforms like story weaver which are a, you know huge creative commons 
open source uh, literature for children then there is khan academy that is sfet simulations there are many many open source tools so wherever possible we have curated uh, using these tools which are only in open source and wherever not possible we have created our own content with our own band, uh, you know team of teachers but we have and we still oppose uh, the proprietary control of education the commodification of education where um, you know large corporations are making education a commodity and students have to students or parents have to purchase and buy and sell it so we are opposed to that so for anyone who creates content with us they are given a brief of what kind of content they can actually use uh, from the internet in from right from images to any kind of audio video we use only creative commons stuff but there is a lot out there that we have been able to use and create our own so for example if if a individual or maybe a parent if they want to access this kind of resources uh, how they will do it there's a lot of open source resources on the net you can go and look uh, you can reject the paid uh, proprietary ones that are in the market uh, platforms like ours like which is called mybigcampus.in are also open and easy to access we all our courses are free and for everyone to use in fact uh, during the pandemic a lot of homeschoolers who joined our uh, online classes and our platform not just because it was free but because we had a lot of interesting uh, content on um, you know mobile photography financial literacy graphic design and so on different kind of courses so uh, it's basically a thinking that homes you know children in education or parents in education they have to just think uh, that a uh, byju's for instance or a vedantu or um, you know a typically proprietary uh, space is a problem in terms of the kind of control that they are exerting on knowledge not just in terms of the monetization of the knowledge but the kind of control सो नाउ कमिंग टू अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट क्वेश्चन जो मुझे लग रहा है सुन के कि क्या ऐसा मौका भी आ सकता है कि यू नो इन द फ्यूचर द टेक्नोलॉजी इज रिप्लेसिंग द टीचर्स द रोल ऑफ अ टीचर I think there's a lot of fear and uh, I don't think that that fear is warranted because uh, you see I mean teachers are teachers the problem is that the teachers of today in most setups in most schools are unwilling to change unwilling to become learners they may become redundant because of the kind of attitude uh, towards what is happening around them uh, because they are not willing to learn so the bottom line is for the teachers or for anyone in the matter to stay relevant in the society you have to keep with the times you have to understand what is going on you have to see the potential benefits of it you have to not be scared inhibited and go into your own shell and say this is how i've done thing for the last 30 years and i will continue to do then you are making yourself redundant today there are children who definitely know far more so teachers have to become humble they have to you know build in that humility that i am no longer the final word on a subject there is so much more access to the child so if and if if teachers don't do that then they are definitely at risk however technology is not about replacing teachers it never has been it is about enhancing the teacher's role it is about making the teacher far more competent and capable than he or she was and providing the tools so the technology is always a tool we should not worry in this kind of a you know doomsday scenario that people are and then you're rejecting the whole technology without understanding its benefits because you're saying it's bad for children it's going to replace the teachers you know left right and center you've got all this kind of uh, a b c d without understanding the complexity the potential and the opportunity it is offering so in that case how you will define technology in terms of education so in terms of education we would define it as as 
any application or tool that is enhancing your way to teach or learn definitely learn but now more and more also teach right and also uh, you know when we talk about technology as you said the fear is always there because in our in our bigger society there is all this nonsense happening like the aadhar card issues ki bhai sare logo ke detail likh ho gaye to aise big scale pe jab news aate hain to logo ke dil mein you know there is a fear so then how you will uh, you will solve this issues in 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 case of education yeah so see definitely the internet is not a safe place children are at risk children are more at risk than us adults uh, from all sorts of things including meeting the wrong people money you know frauds of money uh, child pornography and so on so as a school or as an institution or as a parent i think what you need to teach the child uh, is maturity and understanding of the space more and more digital literacy would actually help rather than keeping them away and then you know they falling into the wrong trap and making the mistakes so open discussions as a school we could do things like firewall and you know have those kind of technological safeties in place yeah, but rather than that we believe in uh, training the children making them understand being alert you know giving them the necessary tools to critically judge whether this is right or wrong so these are the risks that we have to bear with okay and what kind of a infrastructure do you think that if a school wants to adopt technology or bring in technology what kind of infrastructure do they need Yeah I think see in today's day setting up technological infrastructure has become far easier if the school or the institution educational center goes towards open source then it's definitely affordable I'd like to repeat that most of the open source technologies are free in terms of the licenses to use the software and platforms what the school needs to spend on is soft, uh, cloud servers and that kind of thing at a consumer level also devices are uh, Uh, a lot more affordable a lot more things can be done with tablets and mobiles uh, though of course desktops and computers and laptops are preferred if you want to do heavy work but every school today can make technological infrastructure as much as a priority as benches and chairs and in fact should make we are seeing even in uh, private schools in cities you know there is not that much technological infrastructure that there should be and in such schools children should be encouraged to carry their own digital devices to you know access their books uh, on their own devices and so on so uh, this is something that schools need to start prioritizing over in our case of course we are seeing that things like a learning management system where everything is digitized uh, in terms of assessments grading teaching learning should be used online platforms should be used for um, live classes where you know children who are not able to come should al- already always have access okay michel uh, so tell me one thing that do you have any incidents or any evidence or any example which can which can describe that students in general their interest generally increase when there is a technology in their learning process I think one of the things that technology does in education is gives autonomy to the child. So when for ex- example in my uh, Moodle LMS I'm taking a quiz uh, and at the end of the day I don't have to look anywhere left right I have to just see my screen and I realize I've got 7 out of 10 and the screen says do you want to reattempt you may have made some mistakes and the child is thinking okay what shall I do shall I reattempt I want to get a better score. So uh, you then if you look at gamification or you look at storytelling in um, 
in education where the child is going through a particular story and then there is a question asked that do you think saurav did this or that yes or no what step did you think saurav will take you know for instance an ethical question and the child has to decide for himself or herself that if i say yes then the story unfolds in a particular manner and if i say no the story unfolds in a particular completely different manner now these kind of decision making is giving a lot of autonomy to children which is in complete contrast to the traditional education system which says that you don't know anything and you need to listen to me now the minute you are providing some autonomy to an individual that sense of freedom that sense of motivation completely changes the individual now this is what people are not seeing about education it is not just that i'm watching a video or a textbook the way technology can be used can be very freeing to the child and we believe that the child becomes empowered so the child takes a decision in that story says yes saurav did this uh, and sees how the story unfolds and then suddenly says no but maybe what if saurav did that so let me go and see again so this kind of autonomy thinking critical decision making is what we believe will be the evidence to show that this is why technology is beneficial for children uh, over and above the simplified understanding that you know he's got video stimulation and uh, simulation science simulations but scenarios but this transferring of learning now the learning is my responsibility not the teachers uh, is uh, is is the direction in which we will get the evidence and and what kind of a help are you expecting from the government both like the central and the state government because you know their input or their intervention is also very important so basically at all international forums uh, the indian government goes ahead and commits to saying that we will promote and propagate only open source technologies yet we see in textbooks or um, you know in terms of contracts and tenders we see proprietary companies we see textbooks only full of microsoft which is a proprietary software whereas people like us use libreoffice so we see on the one hand that seems to be a commitment but that commitment is not translated uh, into action by the government if we believe that education is a social good and we want the children of our country to get a high quality education then the government of india has to uh, not only you know politically commit to open source but look at actually providing only open source education tools in colleges and schools everywhere in addition they need to commit to providing high speed internet to every village as they have uh, under the bharat net program so these are the two kind of basic commitments where data needs to be provided by the government to uh, rural india and and obviously urban india as well uh, as well as showing their uh, commitment to education as a social good by encouraging only open source tools all right so now coming to one last important question which i think is very important जब हम टेक्नोलॉजी की बात करते हैं या कुछ एक ऐसे चीज़ जो कि एडुकेशन में आ रहा है और उसको लेके काफ़ी लोग काफ़ी स्केप्टिकल हैं वो ये कि हम लोग कैसे डिसाइड करें और हाउ वी विल एसेस दी आउटकम ऑफ टेक्नोलॉजी इनटू एडुकेशन yeah i mean we seem to be uh, somewhere in still in the beginning of uh, the journey of technology in education there's a lot of halabula about um, ai and stuff like that which is going to again completely disrupt what we have done so far so i think the long term uh, impact will we have to wait and watch <laughs>